Let me just, a little disclaimer. We are no expert. We have been together for 24 years. We've been married for 20 years in August of this year. And, uh, and so we've got a lot to learn, but we have learned a few things. So just because we're sitting here doesn't mean we're an expert by any stretch of the imagination. And, uh, and if you think we have a perfect marriage, you just hadn't been to my house. And, uh, you know, and so, uh, look, this is just candid conversation, right? And, uh, and that's important to know because we're not sitting here because we've got it figured out. Um, but we do recognize that this, and, and even in our culture, I went to a local bookstore this week just to look and see if I could find books on relationships. And in the midst of literally thousands of books, I found one and a half shelves devoted to relationships. And when I say a shelf, I mean this. There was probably less than 50 books in the midst of thousands of books that would actually talk about relationships. And yet the quality of our life is greatly determined by the quality of our relationships, not just our married relationship, but our married relationship will greatly affect every other relationship as well. And so, uh, you know, I do think it's interesting that we can talk about these things. And the Bible has a lot to say about relationships and specifically in regards to marriage. And, and here's the thing I would tell you is that the world, you're going to have to excuse our lights because they're going to drive me crazy. But we have something going on that we can't fix in this moment. But I apologize, but it probably won't affect you as much as it will me. It will drive me crazy, um, but I'll do my best to stay focused since I've already not been focused. And, um, but, um, you know, the thing is, is, and culturally is that our culture wants to define marriage, but culture did not invent marriage, didn't come up with it, is that it was God's idea, it's God's institution, and if God created it, then God gets to define it. And God has defined it throughout Scripture, uh, not just once, but many times. And so there's by no means are we going to be able to uh, fully... um, cover the topic of marriage today. Uh, we are going to give you some resources at the end of service. Uh, they're actually already available on your church center app. Uh, if you go on there, there's a, I don't remember what it says at the bottom of the screen, but I think it says family matters. If you click on that, it'll give you a link and there's uh, some recommended resources. And this isn't just for the married folks in the room. There's actually some things for you for the single folks in the room today as well on there. And uh, because Few single people do I meet that say, hey, I just want to stay single forever. And, uh, and so you are on a journey to get to a place of marriage. And, and let me just say this up front. You may be here and be single today and you're like, this does not apply to me. If you desire to get married, this applies to you. Because the best thing you could do for your marriage right now is to allow the Lord to work on you. And here's the other side of that. If you'll allow, learn to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and learn how to submit to him, it will help you in your marriage later. Because when press, because here's the thing. I mean, marriage is great, but marriage adds pressure. It's easier to learn lessons when you're not under pressure. And, uh, that would be my encouragement to you. So we're going to jump into this, and so I'm going to have Dara. Uh, did you bring your water with you? I did not bring my water. Hey, Aaron, can you bring my water, please? <laughs> strategically placed. Thank you so much. And uh, so I'm going to let Dara start off on this this morning and then we're just going to get into it. We're not going to fight. We're not getting into it like that. (laughs) But you never know. We might. And then we're going to do some live action role play right here in front of you. uh, How to fight fair. Sure. I fight to win, but you know, (laughs) we'll get into that in a few minutes. Even preparing a message, like we think so opposite of each other. It's... Um, and, and, you know, most of our friends that have tried to preach together or that kind of thing, um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a 
it's a work. <laughs> but we we prepare different. We do things different. So we do everything. Different. Everything's different. Um, we're so opposite, and God brought us together. And I know opposites attract, but it's really so that iron can sharpen iron, and um, sparks fly sometimes, right? <laughs> so, but it's it's good for you, and it's it's. Um, it doesn't work in you. So anyway, I just want to encourage you this morning, uh, about marriage. And the truth is that every marriage can get better. Um, it just takes some work. Um, some work is required. And a lot of times, uh, sometimes we just want to give up on different issues too easily, or I'm not going to talk about that, or we'll just skirt over that, um, instead of putting in the work. And when you put in the work, then it brings your marriage to a different place. Um, it brings you to a different level. And so, you know, some of you, maybe you can relate to this. Your marriage can either be passionate, it can be stagnant or roommate level, or it can be on life support. No matter where you are today, it can be better. <laughs> and so we've been in different stages in our marriage where we've been roommates and had to figure it out. We had to put in some work. We had to be intentional about it. And you don't want to stay in those moments. You don't want to stay there. Um, God can change any situation. And we've seen it in so many couples lives where you didn't think they would ever even get back together. And we've seen miracles happen. And so I just encourage you, there is hope wherever you're at that God can make it better and he can, you know, bring, um, life into the marriage. So, um, as, you know, I think just being intentional about exactly, you know, whatever that area is, because it's different areas and different seasons, right, <laughs> that we've gone through. And it's just finding those resources and talking it out and being open together and talking through it. But you've got to put in the work to see God do something supernatural. And every time that we've taken that extra time to focus on that and make it a priority. We've seen God do amazing things and brought us to a new level. And so I just encourage you with that today. Um, you know, sometimes we look at other people's, um, you know, a lot of times you might compare to other, uh, marriages you might see on Instagram, you might see on Facebook or whatever you see their highlight reel, like, Oh, they're going on this vacation and look, they're doing this. And man, they look like they have it all together. And, um, you compare yourself a lot of times to different people and you can't let Satan get in your head about that stuff. It's, it's a highlight reel. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. They may not, they may be covering up something. You don't know. And so um, you can't compare. The grass is not greener on the other side, you know? And if you think the grass is greener on the other side, you need to water your own lawn. <laughs> and you need to, you know, nurture what you have and watch it grow. And um, you can be at a different level when we, we take that time to nurture and and watch it grow. But it does take work. Right? Yeah. And, and sometimes that work feels more like war, if we're honest, right? I mean, there are times, I mean, you know, when iron hits iron, there are some sparks. And sometimes those sparks are great, and they're wonderful, and it's amazing. And other times those sparks are dangerous, right, because they start fire. And, um, you know, and so we want to just share a few minutes. Uh, you know, and, and this is what I would tell you is that war is actually okay if you do it right. Because what happens in our, especially in our culture today, we actually don't want to confront much. 
Uh, we just want to sweep things under the rug and everybody be happy and everybody get along. But how many of you know that when we do that, things don't actually change? You know, and I'm not saying, and my personality a little bit is more, maybe a little more confrontational uh, by nature. But I've also had to learn how to confront to win and not confront to lose. Uh, and there is a big difference. And so, uh, you know, and so I say this is that war can be okay if we're both committed to coming out together. Like, it, it, it's not always rainbows and butterflies. Like, it's just not. And, you know, and, and any time that we think that, and so many times is that we go to war fighting against one another, not realizing that my spouse is not my enemy. Like, I'm supposed to be fighting with her, but not against her. And she's supposed to be fighting with me and not against me. And so many times the enemy will pit a, a, a husband and a wife against one another to get them to think, you're my problem. No, that's just where we focused our attention. Um, you know, and, and so one of the things that, and I believe that we do have to fight fair. You know, I mean, you want to fight to win. You don't want to fight to lose. And when I say fight to win, you want to fight to win together. Um, you know, and so here's just a little tip. And this can be hard for me, especially, um, is that anytime that I feel defensive, like if Derek confronts me with something, and there's lots of things, but anytime that she confronts me, like I lawyer up quick, y'all. Like, I'm like, girl, don't pick that fight because I'm ready. Like, let's go. And, uh, you know, but, and this is, and this is where the discipline comes in though, because this is hard for me, is to not go into lawyer mode and just be like, thank you. <laughs> and some of y'all are like, oh, ain't no way. Do you really that say thank ain't... you? I don't say it out loud. I say it in my mind. <laughs> Look, I'm a work in progress. I make no <laughs> apologies about that. But one of the things that I have done, and this is, and I'll give you our actual language, because your, your marriage has language, by the way. If you don't know it, your home has language. And your language sets the culture of your home. Um, and, and so it's important that you know these things. But we even have some language for this, which is, hey, we can have this conversation. We just can't have it right now. Like, this is an important conversation, and, I've, and I value what you're saying. I just can't go there now because we're going to be going to World War III. <laughs> like, maybe I'm just tired. Maybe I'm hungry. Maybe I'm just whatever. Maybe, maybe I'm just not in the right headspace. And I need to acknowledge that. Like, to her to say, hey, I hear you. Can we just maybe tomorrow? Now, I will say this. You need to put a time limit on that. It can't be like 72 days from now, we'll resume this conversation. <laughs> like within the next 24 to 48 hours, we need well, to sit down and, and have I'm this conversation. I'm bad about that because he's like, okay, when are we going to talk about it? And I'm like, I, no, not yet. Not today. Like, Mike, that's what you said for the last week. Not yet. <laughs> She's just hoping I'm going to forget. No. <laughs> no. No, but, but it is important though, is that when you feel defensive is to have that mindset. Is to say, hey, I trust you enough to think about it to give it some thought it doesn't mean that they're right completely in their assessment of whatever the situation may be but what it is saying is i hear you i'm listening to you and i'm gonna allow the lord to also speak to me about that because one of the things that i have found is that many times when i get the most defensive it's because i've refused to listen to the holy spirit and so the he'll bring it through her y'all see that smile she just gave me <laughs> This is like couples counseling right here. (laughs) 
But no, many times it's that the Holy Spirit needs her to highlight something so that he can actually start speaking to me about it. And so I have to take, you know, I mean, y'all have heard me quote this verse many, many, many times in Proverbs. Is that faithful are the wounds of my friends? Well, she's my best friend. So even her wounds to me, and, and I'll share more about this in just a moment. Is there are times that she needs to wound me. Not to hurt me, but to heal me. To help me go to the Lord with something that, that, that is revealed in our relationship. Like I'll just give you an answer or example. I'm a very impatient person. My wife has been carving away at this for 20 years. Because <laughs> my wife's in a hurry to do not much of anything. And I'm in a hurry to do everything. You know, I just am. I'm just, let's go. And, 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 but there's also a part of me that to love her well, I have to learn patience. And no doubt that patience has paid off for me as a dad, um, is learning to be more patient. And, and he has proven it out like... I lose patience with the kids more. And he has been, I was like, where did that come from? You just look like an angel coming in here and just talking to them all calm. And they just calm down and like, who are you? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, and so this is, this is what I would say is that I believe that you do have to put some space between your hurt and your response. So many times when we, when something happens or when something just gets highlighted or pulled out, we want to respond in that moment. At least I do. Some of you are wired like me and some of you are more um, introspective like Dara where she needs time to think about these things. Um, you know, and, and so let me give you just a natural example of this is that, um, see, I mean, like, I don't know if anybody would actually respond to this, but I doubt many of you enjoy going to the dentist, Right. Why? Because going to the dentist can be painful. Like you're like, man, I just went in for a teeth cleaning and I feel like my teeth are about to fall out of my head, you know. And while it can be painful in a way, it's also very productive. Because what happens if you don't take care of your teeth? Right? The other option is just ignore them, but then the, de- the decay only spreads and it gets deeper. And this is what happens when we don't actually address life's issues is that things don't go away. They actually compound and they, and the decay gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And so we spiral into a place of saying, well, there's just no hope. And so we can't come back to a place of any type of health. And, and I'm here to tell you is that Jesus still saves marriages. God still works. God still moves. God still works. And God wants to do more. And, and so uh, really when we're thinking about communication is that every communication needs to lead back to connection. Like if you're communicating and it's driving a wedge, you're doing it wrong. Like you need to call a timeout, like reassess and be like, okay, hey, we're, we're pushing each other apart the more we're talking. So we're not communicating well. So what, we, what you want to do is communicate in a way that brings you back together. And that's how you fight to win. You're not fighting to win by yourself. You're fighting to win together. And so this is important. And so Dare already touched on this, but, uh, you know, other people aren't just lucky with their relationship. Um, you know, people deal with things, but many times we see it at a distance, but the behind the scenes is very different. Um, and we compare our behind the scenes, what we intimately know every day to what people show every, every now and then. And so, you know, I would encourage you with this is that marriage is like a, a, a long distance road trip. Uh, you need to know where you're going and why. Like, why are you together? What's the purpose of your marriage? What, what's really the, the vision, if you will? And so, and, he, and let me just help you. Survival is not a good answer. If your goal of marriage is to survive it, like that is not God's best for you. 
God has something better than that. And, and so uh, let's just look for a few minutes at what the Bible has to say about marriage. And if uh, there's a, a, a principle in all of Scripture, and it's called the law of first mention, which means when God mentions something the first time, that sets the precedent for every other time. And so the first time that we see a marriage in I would encourage you just to go and read uh, these, this passage of Scripture because I'm not going to read all of it just for the sake of time. But in Genesis 2, we see the coming together of Adam and Eve in the garden. And so God puts Adam there, gives him a job and all these things. So ladies, let me help you out. If you're, how many single ladies we got in the room? If your boy ain't got a job, he ain't husband material. God gave Adam a job before he gave him a wife. So just helping you out there. And if you ain't got a job, let him come see me. No. We'll talk. We'll talk. Anyhow, so Adam has a job. He names all the animals. He gets all this thing. And then God says, hey, I need to bring you a help, man. I need to bring somebody alongside of you, not to complete you, but to help you. Uh, and that's another, I believe, uh, false truth that many people believe that when I get married, I'll be happy. That's not really true. Uh, many people get married and they're not happier. Um, they think they are because it doesn't build up, live up to the expectations. You ever had somebody like convince you like that this restaurant was amazing and you went there and it was kind of under, it was like over promised and then under delivered. Your marriage can be that way too. What? Oh, I thought you were. I was just thinking of, yeah, several situations. Oh yeah. And so anyhow, so, and I'm, I'm, and just again, for the sake of time, we're going to jump to Genesis two twenty five. Eve comes, they have this magical moment and Adam's like, holy cow, here's this woman. It's amazing. Uh, you know, she's bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Like she will be called woman. And, and, and so God puts them together. And in verse 25, it makes, and I believe this is actually God's goal for every marriage. And it's here in verse 25. It says, now the man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Now, this isn't talking about physical nakedness solely. Yes, that was true. But I also believe that being naked and, and no shame involves vulnerability, but being truthful with one another. Like, this is who I fully am, and I have no secrets. Like, there's, I don't have secrets from Dara. Like, I, I don't have parts of my life. I don't have bank accounts that she don't know about. I don't have, like, I mean, she has passwords to everything. She could get onto any computer, any device, anything that I own at any moment without resistance. Why? Because I have nothing to hide. Because if I have something to hide, then our marriage is already in trouble. And the moment that it's uh, this kind of thing, that's already, that's a sign right there. Like, I don't want you on, on my phone. I don't want you. And many couples are, you know, I mean, and this is a, a deal breaker for many people. What's well, my money? Well, that's funny because the Bible calls you one flesh, not two bank accounts. And I'm, look, we have multiple bank accounts. We have different bank accounts for different things, all this stuff. I'm not saying you can't, but what I am saying is that y'all need to be, understand that there is a connection and there's a relationship. And it's like, and I know, depending on who can handle the money, you can be like, well, that's just not their gift. They'll spend every dime if I tell them, but they need to have access. They need to have the ability to come and ask. And if there's something, because why? Your money reveals what matters to you. And it just is. And so even in this, though, is that can, how honest can you be with your spouse? Like, do they know everything? Do they know your fears? Do they know what causes you anxiety? Like, are you open? Do you have these kind of conversations? Like, what? What? what just, let me ask you this. And some of you, this is going to kind of like 
may just be like so far off of your radar, but what does 20 years from now look like? What is five years? And some of you are like, man, I ain't never thought about that. You might want to start thinking about it. Because in 20 years, I want us to be together and I want the kids out of my house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and I love my kids, but I love my wife more. And my kids need to know that. And, and it's important. And, and so, but it, this does require trust. It requires commitment and and one of the interesting things is, is that we see here in scriptures is that Satan doesn't show up until there's a marriage. Think about that for a moment. Satan never showed up in the scriptures until there was a marriage. He left Adam alone while he had a job, but he started messing with him when he got a wife. Why? Because the, the union of a husband and wife mirrors that of what God wants to have with his people and a marriage, it is God's idea. And so, you know, and so we need to understand is that marriage is actually harder than we think because Satan hates it more than we realize. He's after marriages. He really is. And if you're married, you're a special target to the enemy. And you got to know that. Why? Because it affects not just you, but it affects many other people. And so we want to give you just a couple of uh tips here or just a little bit of uh, communication that we believe can help you to have a solid good relationship and so i'm gonna hand this back off to you and let you start on this next part so we came up with this it says marriage needs to be hot it needs to be humble open and transparent and like he was saying before we don't hide anything from each other we um really at any point in time we can check each other's um Anything. I mean, bank accounts, socials, whatever. Uh, anything that's... Well, even know. like, I'll just give you an example. And this is what I mean, is that we even go a step further than that. Like, she's had people... I'll just say it this way. I mean, I, there's lots of different ways to say this. There, there have been people that have reached out to both of us via social media. Yeah. Like, saying, hey, how you doing? Whatever. <laughs> and I don't have to go find that, and she doesn't have to come find that. That's a, hey, I want to show you I'm something. Show you this. this is what happened today. <laughs> this person messaged me today. And I show him the whole conversation or whatever, you know, whatever it was. We, we show each other exactly what. Um, yeah, because, I, again, I don't want secrets because that's going to what tear down trust. Yeah. Or if anything, I mean, even if we were out in public or something happened or I don't know, we, we tell each other um, Hey, this happened today, and I, I didn't know what to do, or you know, whatever the situation was. But um, and we fess up right away. I mean, that's always like um, just being honest and open about it, um, not hiding any of that, and that has helped us a lot over the years. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Now, I will say this about me and Dara is that we do have a, a spiritual gift of honesty. <laughs> Alina can attest to this, my sister-in-law. And, uh, and what I mean by that is that we can be brutally honest, like both of us yes. Yes, can be can. very strong. And so, uh, you know, and I think that, that, that there's a key is that, yes, we want our marriages to be hot in multiple ways. But yes, we want it to be humble. We want it to be open. We want it to be transparent. And part of that is, is that we want to be, we want to have honesty without brutality. And sometimes it can be the other way around. 
I mean, it's just like, man, like, oh, we're going to be honest. Here it comes. You better get ready. You know, I mean, like fastball coming in hot. I mean, it's like, you know, but but it can't be brutal. And, and so we have to have we need candor, but we need that with care. We really do. And you can apply this principle to really almost most relationships, not just a married one, although I believe it has a lot to do with that. And so, uh, and, and tone matters. This is something I've really had to work on because, um, you know, it's not what I said. It's how I said it. Right. <laughs> like, did you hear how you just spoke to me? I, you know, I mean, there are some things and there's been times that we've even and for years we had we, to do I this mean, again. We both do it. We right. both are very blunt about things. And um, so, you know, we have to tell each other not to speak to each other that way mm-hmm. or um hey you need to spend some time with jesus before we talk about this a little more you know um <laughs> oh that's no and, joke that's part of the language of our marriage you need to go spend some time with jesus because sometimes you know things happen and i'm taking it out on him or he's taking it out on me and it has nothing to do with your spouse it has absolutely nothing to do with it and um they know they know, you know, you're just coming at me for no reason today. And there's, you know, I'm, I'm not going to take this on. I know you need to speak to Jesus and um, let's leave it at that. <laughs> and then we'll come back to this conversation because, I mean, it doesn't help to just jump into it and fight each other over something that, you know, is not the real reason, is not what's going on. Yeah. Um, you could be stressed for so many other reasons and try to take it out on each other. So. Um, take it to Jesus instead. (laughs) Yeah. You know, this week I heard something that was very interesting. Um, they talked about like, it was actually a marriage counselor was talking and he said, anytime that a couple rolls their eyes in counseling, I know they're in trouble. He said, cause the eye roll is the, is really the culmination of contempt for that person. And I was like, Ooh, (laughs) you gotta be careful. You know, I mean, cause you know, I mean, body language matters. Right. I mean, 80 percent of our communication is nonverbal. And, um, you know, so even just am I attentive or am I doing this? Like, oh, I want to talk. OK, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm listening. I'm listening. Uh-huh. What, what, <laughs> oh, what were you just saying? Sorry. Right. But what about like just giving undivided attention? Like Dara has made the joke. This has been many years ago now, but she's like, oh, we on a date because I didn't bring my phone. She knew, was, she knew, she knew it was a date night. when I didn't bring my phone because <laughs> I thought I was so important. I, I had to have my phone all the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and so one of the things, and again, this is just a, one of the things that we've really had to learn um, is that we can't keep comparing and competing. Um, you know, well, I did the dishes. You did the yard. Well, you did the finances. Well, you did the laundry. Well, you did this with the kids. And I've watched the kids for two and a half hours. And now you have to have like you're not going to win there. Um, you know, you're, the, keeping a scorecard does not help. It really doesn't. Uh, is that we're called to serve alongside of one another, but also called to serve one another as well. And, and so. Uh, oh, and with that, out serve each other. I mm-hmm. mean, it's more of, you know, how can I serve you better? How can we love each other better? And out of that, you know, things grow and love grows. And it's just being intentional about those moments to serve and take care of and find things that they you know, this will help them today. You know, this will make their day brighter or whatever. So. Yeah. And it's really about collaborating. Don't compete, collaborate, right? How do I add value to her? How does she add value to me? And and if I have that in mind, you know, and that could be something small, like just send her a text and let her know that I'm thinking about her. If I show up with a Coke and some M&Ms, 
I have, I have done something in my wife's world. Like the fact that I thought about it and I was like, I went and found your favorite M&Ms because they hard to find. And, uh, but anyhow, <laughs> but, but it is those little things, right? And, and so, uh, so it's important that we understand these things and that we move forward. And so the New Testament also talks to the relationship specifically between husbands and wives. And uh, so do you want to start on your side? Sure. Okay. <laughs> or your portion, whatever. So we go to Ephesians five twenty one and 22, and this is in the Passions Translation. It says, and out of reverence for Christ, be supportive of each other in love. For wives, this meaning is to bring, de- um, this means to bring devoted, be devoted to your husband's like tenderly devoted to our Lord for the husband provides leadership for the wife, just as Christ has provided leadership for the church as our savior revered for the body. Um, and you know, devoted is another word for just honoring and respecting our husbands. Um, devoted and just, it just means, I mean, honor and respect. That is one of their key needs as a guy. And they just, they need that honor. They need that respect. Um, it's just, what do you say? Egos are fragile sometimes. Sure they are. <laughs> and so sometimes guys put on a front as far as like, I got this, you know, but at the same time, you being the closest one to them know when it's rough, you know, when it's tough. And so just being that encouragement, being that extra, you've got this, I'm behind you. I love you. I'm backing you. I, you know, whatever it is to bring respect and honor to them. That's what it's talking about here, letting them lead you in those areas. So, yeah. And the other side of that is, is that even for us as guys, is that that is our call. Like we're given charge over our families. We're given authority, if you will. And when I say authority, why don't you just take that word authority and replace it with the word responsibility? And that way as men, I, I think people have a, have manipulated that word to go beyond what scripture says. But in fact, as men, we have a responsibility Number one, to our spouse, to our family, but ultimately to Christ. And so anytime that, you know, like, and this is just a basic, um, it's actually a leadership principle. But anytime that you have to lead from title, it's actually considered the lowest level of, of leadership. So like, let me give you an example in your work world. If your boss walks in and goes, we're doing it this way, dad gummit, because I'm the boss. It's actually the lowest rung of leadership is to have to demand based off of a title. And the further up you go, they actually call it five levels of leadership. It's a John Maxwell book, and, uh, but there's a lot of principles about it. But uh, the, and the higher up you go, the more relational it becomes. Um, you know, and that's true inside of our relationship is that if I have to demand something from there, I've not led well. It's just the truth. And so it doesn't mean that we don't have times that we disagree, but yet a decision still got to be made. And so, I mean, there's things like that that we have to figure out, um, you know, but it is important that as men that we understand that it's, it's, it's what we've been given by God is a responsibility. And by the way, we will give an account for it too. So men, we might want to consider these things a little bit. So going on here in Ephesians five and verse 25, Uh, It goes on, it says that husbands go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving and not by getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. 
His, his words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her, dressing her in a dazzling white silk radiant with holiness. And this is how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favor. When you love your wife well, you're actually doing yourself a favor. It says, since they're already one in marriage, no one abuses his own body, does he? No, he feeds it and he pampers it. In verse 33, a couple verses down, says that this provides a good picture of how uh, each husband is to, is to treat his wife, loving himself, or yeah, loving himself and loving her, and how each wife is to honor her husband. The greatest two needs of men and women, men is for honor and respect, women's is for love, security, and affection. Now, I know personalities are different, but ultimately, those are the greatest needs. And so, when a man feels disrespected, he's at his worst. And when a woman doesn't feel secure, she's at her worst. And, and so, if we know this, and so, you know, and, and so some of what I would tell you, and there's several things, and this will be on the resources we're going to tell you about. I, I need to add some uh, more to it. So, this is a working document, by the way. So, this, the, I'll, I'll just say this real quick so I don't forget to say it later. The resources we're going to provide you, it's going to be one document for the entire series. And there's going to be books, there's going to be resources, there's going to be podcasts, there's going to be all kinds of things on this to help you in these various areas that we're talking about. And this will be a document that you will be able to have access to for a long time. Like, it's not going anywhere. And so, even in in the future when you're like what was that book what was that reason you'll be able to go back and look at it but here's a couple things when it comes to because you need to know your spouse and who they are if you're going to love them well then you need to understand them and that is taking some work and you're like i don't like reading books if you want a better marriage listen to them i mean if you don't like to read them you can listen well that too yeah i mean you know audio books there's all kinds of things right yeah and so here's a couple of things. You got to learn five love languages. This will help you with your kids too. Uh, how, do, how does your how does your kid receive love? Like, I mean, Dare receives love differently than I do. Our kids each receive it differently, and so we need to understand that. So that's one resource. Another resource is something called Strengths, which is a personality profile. Um, like, just as an example. Um, so there's five strengths. I won't go into all the details of it. It's really some, probably the personality profile that I understand the best. Um, personally, she understands Enneagram better, but that one there is a good one to know as well. But strengths, like my number one strength is belief, which means I can't sell something I don't really believe in. Um, you know, and so I, you know, that's, and so anyhow, but it also means I have these very deep seated convictions that really kind of direct my life. My wife's number two is belief. And so in case you don't understand what that means, imagine two warships full steam ahead. <laughs> Boo! And neither one of us are changing quick. Like, because we have some deep, like, I mean, it's core conviction things. And, and, and so what it means is that neither one of us change quick. Like, I mean, we've thought it through. And, and so, but me and her can, you know, it can, sparks will fly. <laughs> but if I know that about both of us, and there's other things, yeah. you know, like, her number one is individualization. So this is how this plays out in our world, right? So next Sunday, we're doing the family weekend. I'm going to be like, it's great. Everybody had a wonderful time. And Dare's going to say, yeah, but I saw this one person sitting in the corner by themselves. And I'm like, forget them. They should have jumped in and had fun with everybody else. <laughs> but how many of you know that I need her wisdom? Like, to even in what I'm called to do, I need her to see the person that I don't see. That's a strength in her, but I get, I could totally be like, ah, whatever. You're just, you're just sympathetic. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you're a jerk. Like, I mean, you know, it's like, I don't say you know, I don't say <laughs> but there are things though 
that in that, that even knowing certain things, and then like our Enneagram, there's certain things, which I don't understand this one as much as she does. She, she'll be on social media laughing. I'm like, what you reading? And she's like, this is you, <laughs> you know, but it really has helped us in our relationship to understand how I think, how she thinks, how we relate to one another, just all of those things. So you got to put in the work to learn your spouse. And, and let me just help you. Your spouse is an ever evolving person. I've made the joke many times. I've been married to five women. Just her name and her face has stayed the same. It's kind of funny, but it's kind of true. Like there is some, and she's been married to multiple Several versions women. of me. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so I have to allow her to grow. She has to allow me to grow. And, and so, you know, and this is important. And so this is part of that being naked and unafraid. Like, Hey, I know that you married this person, but I'm just not there anymore. Like I, it used to be okay to talk to me like that. It's just not okay anymore. Like I used to treat you this way and I realize now that that's not okay. And I need you to help me to recognize when I'm treating you in a certain way. Cause I don't want to be that person. I want to love you better, but I need you to help me be like, Hey, you crossing the line. <laughs> like we, we kind of falling back into this, into this area, you know? And, and so it's important that we do these things and that we understand it. And, and so, you know, and I think that even really culturally speaking, um, there's a lot of things that our culture has done as a, and when I say culture, it's really, how many of you know that the culture is the world system? Well, how many of you know who the God of this world is? And, uh, it is the devil. And he has put a full out assault upon marriage. And, uh, you know, like I'll give you a, an example of this uh, that we hear. And it seems like it's good news, but let me give you the truth behind it. Is that right now, if you go and look at any, any statistics, they actually have told you over the last 20 years that uh, divorce is declining, which is like, whoa, praise God. Well, let me tell you why it's declining. It's because less people are getting married. And so people, because, and a lot of it has to do with people grew up in broken homes. And they're like, man, why would I sign up for that? And so there's a, a bit of, and so we struggle with these things and, so I think that even culturally speaking, and of course we live in a just toss it in the trash and replace it culture. Like, you know, we used to fix appliances. Now a TV like glitches and we're like, rip it off the wall. Let's go buy a new one. Microwave went out. We ain't fixing it. Like you don't fix anything anymore, right? We live in a, in a fast replaced disposable culture. Well, we think that with our relationships too. Well, if this isn't working, I'm just going to find somebody else who, who will be better for, for me. That this will work better. And here's what I'm telling you. is You are still going into that new thing that you think is going to be better. It's not. And I think that even like we just don't take the time to understand each other's language. I mean, that's what he was talking about. A lot of the different um, five love languages and these different things. Knowing each other's personalities. Because I come at it one way and he's coming at a completely different way and if i can see how he's coming from that angle then that helps me understand his language you know he's not just trying to bulldoze me <laughs> and it probably feels like it sometimes, sometimes when he <laughs> it probably feels like it sometimes. <laughs> when he lawyers up about stuff but it's not you know he's that's not his intent he's very passionate about what he believes he's very passionate about how he goes about something and so if i can get on the same page as where he's coming from, or he can soften and get on the same page where I'm coming from sometimes, you know, and it's just taking a step back, like sometimes in those moments and just saying, okay, 
we need to work on this and we need, we're not talking the same language here. And so figuring out what that is and how we're coming at it is a, is a totally different, it's a game changer as far as, you know, even the five love languages, it's a game changer because he loves doing acts of service. That is his love language. So he'll wash the dishes and I'm like, great. You know, um, I will I, wash the dishes, mow the grass, change the oil, wash the like, car, I'll do awesome. all these things. And that's she's awesome. like, you going to take me on a date? I'm like, I'm like, no, it's more like, it's more like this. I just wanted a hug. I just wanted you. I just wanted a hug. I just wanted a hug. Just hold me, cuddle me. <laughs> I'm like, too tired to cuddle. <laughs> so it's a completely different language. I wasn't receiving what he was trying to give out. Cause I'm like, I don't care if the dishes weren't done. You know, it's like, I just wanted a hug, <laughs> you know? So, um, you can be speaking completely different languages, and that's why it's so important to learn each other um, where you're coming from. So, marriage hack, by the way, <laughs> separate vanities, yes, separate closets. Like amazing. I'm just, it's amazing. Just, <laughs> next time you're buying a house, just consider that it's a marriage hack for you. Just that one's free, but separate toothpaste. Absolutely, all, yeah, absolutely. All day long. I don't know what kind of lunatic squeezes from the middle, but those people are crazy. I'm telling you. And who is going to take the time to roll it up and just keep on rolling? The people in their right mind. That's who. Thank you for putting it there, but now I can squeeze it. <laughs> you have no idea when you're going to run out of toothpaste. I know it to the... Mm. Just wring it out. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So look, I mean, it, if, if we sat here and told you everything that we are not the same on, like literally, there are very few things. We were at my daughter's birthday party yesterday and I'm like, Dara's not going to want to eat the tail of that little cupcake because it's white chocolate. Because I like white chocolate. She likes dark chocolate. <laughs> right? I mean, like we go to pizza. We ain't splitting pizza. You get your pizza, I'm going to get mine because they're different. <laughs> like, I mean, especially when we were dating. She was white sauce. I was red sauce and Italian. Like, I'm telling you. I mean, steak. Like, y'all want to hear a funny story? We're going old school here. When me and Dare were dating, like, fairly early on dating. I don't know what you're going to say. <laughs> oh, you know, you know the story. I take her out to eat, and the girl orders a steak. You know, what I'm, you know where I'm going. So we're sitting like this. You know, we all like cute and young couple and just sitting at dinner and so she's smiling, looking pretty, and I'm like, man, girl, you, you something, you special. And she gets her steak and cuts into that joker, and blood starts running everywhere. And I'm like, Woo. I'm he said he couldn't a even. He said he couldn't even look at me because my steak was so rare. <laughs> How about not cooked at it all? Was, it was medium rare, medium rare. It okay? was crawling off the plate. And. I'm just saying. Anyway. He's learned to look into my eyes when I eat steak instead of looking yep. at my steak. Yeah. So, look, there are lots of things. And look, and here's, I mean, this is another just a good little marriage hack is you got to laugh together. Like, honestly, if you ask yourself the question, when was the last time we laughed? Like, really laugh, not like, mm -hmm, you're cute. Like, not a sympathy <laughs> laugh. Which, ladies, help your men out and laugh at their jokes. I don't care if it's the thousandth time you've heard it. Just laugh anyways. It ain't going to kill you. 
And it does something for him. He's like, man, she thinks I'm funny. I don't know what it is, but us as men, we think we're all hilarious. Is there a man in this room that says, I'm not funny? Not a single hand just went up. Okay. Proven right there. We think we're hilarious. We just need y'all to stroke our ego and laugh a little bit. And I mean, in my defense, I'm around you and we work together and all of that. So you might have told the joke like five times to other people. And then I don't laugh. And then you're like, I'm not funny anymore. And I, I wasn't, it wasn't that you weren't funny. I mean, I think you're funny. I feel totally disrespected. <laughs> no, but it is true though. I mean, you got to laugh. Like, I, I mean, even if you laugh, I mean, like, I don't know if y'all have ever had this moment where you're in an argument and you just start laughing at each other because you're like, this is so ridiculous. <laughs> and sometimes you just need to laugh. And, and so you got to prioritize your relationship. I mean, life gets busy. Life comes in the way. And if you're not careful, you just fall in line of like coworkers. Like, man, we're just trying to make a good life. And, and so one of the things for me is I can be very driven. I mean, I've got goals and man, get out the way. And she's like, we got to enjoy the journey. And I'm like, I will when I get there. Like, we ain't slowing down. Let's go. You know, but I've had to learn. Is that maybe the the actual reward is actually the journey and not the destination, right? And that's something that she's... The memories you make along the way, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't have to torture people until we get there. (laughs) You know, because that's sometimes probably how it felt. And, um, but let me me shift gears here uh, as we're kind of wrapping up today. I want to talk just to our single folks for a minute. And, uh, and I know that not everybody in here is married. Um, and I realize that. And, but I do want to just take a few moments. And there are some resources that we're going to give you. Um, because I believe that, number one, is that I do not believe, and I would encourage you not to believe the lie that you're not whole because you're not married. That's not true. Is that Jesus is enough in this season for you. Um, and, and so it is important because there's a lot of lies, even in the church that we buy into, um, and, and even kind of hold to, if you will. And, and I think it's important is that the best thing that you can do is to allow the Lord to do whatever he needs to do in you. And then you can believe God if you choose to, if you desire to, for God, uh, to bring you that mate. But, and I, and I want to take just a few moments to speak to some of our younger singles, if you will, because I think there's a lot of culture, and this applies to everybody who is single, but I also believe that, um, is, is this, is it number one I need you to know is that singleness is not punishment. God is not punishing you. You may think that, you may feel that way. Uh, that is not the truth of Scripture, is that God has nothing but the best of intentions for you. Um, and so it's important that we know that, but even in this season, in this time, is that um, is that the season of singleness can actually be preparation to prepare you for what God has for you, and more specifically, for who God has for you. And so time is never wasted if it's prepared properly. And, and so this is important that we know these things, and so we don't want to treat it... Uh, Just casually, um, you know, in in our culture, more and more and more is that marriage is just being treated as something shallow, something that doesn't matter. Um, But the reality is, is that nothing is sweet or bitter like love. That's just the facts. Um, and, And the worst thing that you can do is to go into a relationship and not be fully authentically who God has you to be. Um, and so we need God to work on us. And I I know some of you are single, have never been married. Some of you are single and have been married. And so there's past things with that. And, and, but you're who you are as you walk into any new relationship and your past comes with you. Unless it's been healed, unless it's been redeemed, your past comes with you. 
And, and so we want to, uh, you know, we want to honor God in every season and every part of our life. And so even culturally, one of the things that I would tell you is that dating is not marriage. It's not. And I, and I know the fantasies, I mean, especially with girls, but even with guys that, hey, I, I'm going to grow up. I'm going to find somebody. I'm going to get my Ken doll. I'm going to get my guy. We're going to live happily ever after. And, and so what happens is that we can begin to treat our dating relationships and we will open up our heart in a way that the Bible actually tells us not to. Ecclesiastes says it this way is don't awaken love until it's time. In other words, don't give your heart away too soon. Is that you need to make sure that you're reserving your heart to give to your spouse. Why? Because that goes back to that being fully known and fully understood. And look, and I'm not here to cast stones. Look, I have a past that Dara does not have. I mean, but my jacked up, whatever you want to call it, she's had to deal with. Because of my own insecurities, because of my own pain, because of my own choices. She's had to deal with the fallout for something that she never really had a voice in or a say in. You know, and so even as a single person, you have to be aware of that. Is that every relationship that you have is going to affect your future marriage, whether it's to the person you're with today or somebody else. Every relationship will affect that relationship. And and so it's important that we understand this is that dating is not just a trial run. I mean, some people say like, oh, you need to go date a bunch of people until you find the right one. I think you need to know what works. I think you need to know the person that you're attracted to, like the type of person and what you're looking for. I think you need to have some standards. I think you need to, yes, I, I think all those things. But I would caution you just jumping from one relationship to another relationship to another relationship. Why? Because there's just things that are lingering from those relationships that will affect and again, there is, let me say this, is that there is nothing in your life that God cannot heal. Nothing. There's no past that's too bad that says, oh, well, that one there is just too far gone. Can't bring it back from that. No, God, God works and God heals and God restores. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, one of the things that I see, though, in our culture, and, and I do, uh, I want to speak to this, is, and I'm, I've already mentioned, is that, you know, um, The average age of a person getting married in our country is now 10 years older than it was 20 years ago. Used to people got married in their mid-20s. Now they're pushing it to the mid-30s. That's the averages now. Um, You know, and part of that is, is because of people cohabitating. Like, what does that mean? People living together. And I've talked to many people and they'll say things like, oh, well, man, marriage is just a piece of paper. Because that's what our culture tells us. Okay, if it's just a piece of paper, then just go get one. Because the truth is, you know it's more than that. It's not just a piece of paper. And I believe we know that in, in our, in just in our heart, we know that. And again, there's no guilt, there's no shame here. But what I'm saying is, is that God's plan, God's pattern is a man and a woman committed to one another for life. And I realize there are people in this room that you're thinking like, man, that was me and I'm divorced. God has a plan. I mean, we're talking in a couple weeks, in three weeks from today, we'll be talking about blended families. Well, how many of you know to have a blended family? More than likely, you're going to have a divorce in there somewhere. 
God does redeem and God works and God renews. But we want to come into a marriage and into a life. And so even in our culture, even just the physical side of a relationship, is it, man, being intimate with somebody is really not valuable at all. Like we give no weight to that in our culture and even in our single life, even in our dating life. I mean, it's just kind of just simple. It's just like, oh, no big deal. It is a big deal. It is. And many of you have been hurt by sexual things in your life. And again, I would encourage you that Jesus heals. Jesus restores. I mean, I'm a product of that. Of watching God work and watching God move. And God and really helping me to, to get past some insecurities that were formed because of my past. And I'm not foolish enough to say that, oh, they're all gone. They still pop up every, every now and then. But there is something that, that God says. And when, I mean, it's kind of crazy. It's like God knows what he's talking about. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty insane, right? I mean, it's like the Bible is actual truth. And it's not relative. It's actual truth. Now, culturally, we don't, we don't like absolute truths. Why? Because there's no wiggle room. There's no gray. So let me give you just a natural example of this. And, you know, I have a fireplace in my house, but there's a designated place for a fire to go. And it's not on the couch. It's in the fireplace. In other words, there's boundaries for that fire, which in its proper place is great. I love to look at it. I love to listen to it. I love to feel the warmth of it. It's amazing. I'm not panicked at all. But if one of my kids decided to start a fire in the middle of my living room, I'm going to be panicked. Why? Because it's the right thing in the wrong place. And our culture wants to sell to us that, hey, marriage ain't that big a deal. It don't matter. It is just a piece of paper. Why commit yourself, man? If you do that, then you can just walk away anytime. You just go find somebody else. But part of, of the union of a husband and a wife, there is a sexual component to that. And, and it's much more than just flesh. There's a spiritual dynamic at work. The Bible calls it this, is that it's two becoming one. And it's powerful. And anything that God does, the enemy always wants to pervert it. Always, 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 always. And what God has intended to be a blessing to us, the enemy wants to use as a weapon against us. Now, I know some of you may be like, oh, man, you're just being old school. That's old thought. Yeah, but an old truth still works in a new world. And we're actually called to be countercultural to the world as believers. And so, and look, and we have more temptation available to us today than ever before. Ever. In any form, fashion, you name it. And for every one of us, whether we're single, whether we're married, whether we're dating, whether we're engaged, doesn't matter. Is that in our relationships, is that it matters, man. And, and God wants to do something in your relationship, in your family. And even if you're single, God wants to prepare you today for what he has for you. And, and so, 
uh, I want to pray over all the married couples, but here, uh, let me put this on the screen real quick, and we'll have this in the scrolling slides after as well. Can you put it? Yeah, there you go. So that link right there will take you to some resources. And like I said earlier, this is, we're going to be populating this list. Uh, you can also go on your church center app. The same link is available on that as well. Um, and so there's things like the XO Marriage app. Uh, we've hosted the XO Marriage Conference the last couple of years. Um, it's a great app full of information. There's all kinds of training. There's all kinds of stuff on there for you. Uh, we actually have somebody here locally as well, uh, Glenn and Tanya, which we had come and speak, Coleman. Um, as part of our XO, we did a Q&A with them last year. Uh, she's actually a local counselor, and uh, they do a marriage podcast as well, which is they're amazing people. He comes and fills in sometimes for us on piano as well. And uh, But there's a list of books, all kinds of resources, things for you. Make the investment into your marriage. Um, and so, and then even on that same link, there's some stuff for singles as well. Like I said, come back. Don't just look at it today. We're going to be compiling even more and more resources. Next week, we'll have resources we're going to add for kids and raising kids and all those kinds of things. And, um, you know, and, and so we have these resources available to you because there's no way that we can just cover everything uh, in a moment. And so next week, I'm actually going to have Miss Debbie West, uh, which if you don't know, she is. She's a member of our church, been here for a long time. Uh, her and her husband are uh, some of our board members that serve on the church as well. And so Miss Debbie in my opinion, is a children's guru. And uh, she would tell you she's not, but I can tell you this: she knows a lot more than me. And, uh, and I have two small kids. And so I'm going to do myself a favor next week and I'm going to bring some stuff to be taking notes on uh, because she's going to teach me some stuff next week. And I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, and so that's what's coming up next week. And so uh, if you're close to your spouse, uh, would you just take them by the hand? I want to pray for you this morning. And uh, we're going to... Yeah, so... Let's pray. Do you want to pray any or do you want me to? You can. can. Oh, Father God, we just thank, come to you right now. We thank you for these marriages. Father, I thank you that whatever season of life that they are in, Lord, I just pray for blessing upon their marriage. I pray for peace in their homes. Father, I pray for joy, indescribable joy. Yes, thank you. Lord, we just thank you that whatever the situations are, whatever they're facing, Father, there is passion in those marriages. Lord, I thank you that you're stirring their hearts towards each other and towards you, God. We just thank you for what you're doing in families in this church. And we just thank you for what you're doing in our lives, God. Let us be open to hear from you, sensitive to your heart, Father. Let us hear your voice. Let us hear it clearly. When it comes to our spouse, when it comes to you, Holy Spirit, speak to us. Change our hearts. Yes, Lord, we want to be more like you, God. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you for your thank power you. upon these marriages. Yes. And Father God, I just thank you right now. Father, I thank you for your healing power. Father, just as what the Word of God uh, shows us, what the enemy has intended to harm and to, to destroy and to tear apart, Father, I thank you that you're going to turn it about uh, for our good. And so, Father, I thank you for every evil assignment. Father, I bind it now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that your power is made so, Father, we thank you, Father, for who you are, for the work that you desire to do. Father, I pray over every one of those who currently aren't in a marriage, that aren't in uh, a relationship, but, Father, they have a longing on the inside of them. Father, I just thank you that you're drawing them even closer to you, Father, that the work that you started in them, Father, you're working in a greater way and in a greater degree in them and for them, Father, that even as you're bringing uh, their future spouse to them, Father, I just thank you. Father, that you're preparing them for that relationship, that it would be an abundant blessing unto them. And so, Father, I just thank you. 
Father, that I just say a blessing over every marriage, every, over, over every family in this place this morning, even those watching online today. Father, I just thank you for your hand of provision, your grace. Father, I thank you that our homes are marked by your joy, by your peace. Father, I thank you they're not places of conflict and of all kinds of drama. But, Father, I thank you that just for the peace of God to rest upon every one of our homes. Father, I thank you that you teach us by the help of the Holy Spirit how to fight to win. How to fight to win together, not against each other. We're not in competition, but, Father, we're collaborating to produce a life and a family and a home that would glorify you. So, Father, I thank you that even as in the days to come that you're giving us the wisdom that we need to accomplish this. Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name.